follow follow the desires and the dreams in your heart first. Don't wait until after you've already done the nine to five and you've already done the right thing, according to parents, family, whatever, start with it. I think that I just don't even, I don't even know where I would be had I started right out of the gate. I think it saves you from health crisis. It saves you from relationship crisis. Um, when you start following your dreams, just right out of the gate and go with it. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today by Erica Worth. Erica is a body partnership coach, the creator and founder of Worth Wellness and the host of the Health, sorry, Health in the Real World. That's me, host of the Worth Wellness podcast and a personal development nerd. Uh, and she supports women who are tired of fighting with and trying to fix their bodies, cultivate a healthy lifestyle where healing flows naturally through her writing, social platforms, podcasts, and coaching. You'll find the resources you need to create a daily routine where your body feels safe to release what's stuck and then grow and get back to thriving. So Erica, thank you so much for joining me today. Mm, thanks for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. You're welcome. Uh, so fill in any, any gaps in that biography or, you know, stories of how you got started, who you help, uh, different things like that. And we'll get going. Yeah, for sure. So what's so funny is I would never have used any of those words like back when I was in the thick of like my health crisis. I never, never imagined that I could get to this place. And I would say for me, my story really started at age 14 with a disordered eating, um, a relationship with food that was very disordered and my body and exercise as well. And while I'd always loved health and been really interested in health and wellness, I remember wanting to work out as a six-year-old. I just was fascinated by it and reading all the health magazines, something kind of changed for me at age 14. And it became um, a way of coping with stress that was going on in my family environment uh, that I was more aware of by the time I was that age. And so instead of it being kind of this, just for fun thing, it became very much like I have to control something in my life in order to feel okay. And so that became my body that became food. And it took a long, it took a long time for me. I mean, it was only a couple of months before my mom took me into therapy and got me into treatment and that sort of thing, but nothing in my home environment had changed. And so for me, that was kind of my escape from the stress. And so I really wasn't ready on a mental and emotional level to address the underlayers of what was going on for me and why I was relating with food and my body in this way. So it wasn't until I was about 18 that I went back to counseling and really wanted to discover what it was that had kind of made this chaotic relationship with food happen to begin with. Cause I knew it wasn't just about food. And often when you're, um, going through this, the, the common things that you hear people say is, well, like, why don't you just eat more food? Like for me, it was anorexia, a little bit of orthorexia, which is like an obsession 
to the point of unhealth with health and that sort of thing. And so I, I was kind of tired and over of the question of like, I'm not, I don't think it's that I'm afraid of food. And I don't even think it's that I hate my body, which is also really interesting because a lot of the conversation on eating disorders goes to body image right away. And what's so fascinating is now, like in hindsight, several, several years, um, I'm looking back and I'm like, I don't actually think it was body hate. I think I took, like, it was a way of me. Um, like I said, just coping with what I had going on in my life around me. So once I was 18 and went to therapy again on my own volition and was really interested in understanding what was going on, um, I started to see some progress and into my early adult years, as I kind of got more of the eating disorder symptoms to quiet down and I was able to function more normally with food, I started to notice really severe, like depression and anxiety. And that was that became something that was very paralyzing for me. Um, and I was a constant people pleaser, totally over, over functioning and everybody else's lives, very codependent in relationships as well. So kind of at that point, my health crisis turned into the, I was caring for everybody else and really struggling with depression and anxiety, but it was hidden under being busy and trying to help, like I said, everybody around me. So I, then at age 24, I got married to a man who had a young child who had been married before and three months into our marriage, I had a complete health collapse, um, where like, I used to think my, my rock bottom was my eating disorder, but that was before I got to this point where I got in several car accidents. I got a concussion, basically like my body stopped being able to digest food properly. So, um, I ended up losing my job, which I think was very, very connected to that. I could barely even show up to work and function because I was in so much pain. So at that point, I mean, beforehand, I had exhausted the medical, the Western medical model really my whole life. Um, I remember, you know, going to the ER with my mom and I'd have weird stomach stuff and nobody knew what was wrong with me. There also was not a lot of awareness around eating disorders. And so I think with the lack of like education and screening, people didn't know to like look there. And so I just was sent home like, oh, she's healthy as a horse. And I'm like, but I feel so bad. So, um, when my health, uh, later when I was married, um, in my twenties, when I hit this other rock bottom, I started to pursue alternative methods to healing. And I remember I went to a naturopath and I wanted him to just give me a supplement to like make it so that. I could eat food again, like my digestive system to just work. Right. And I remember I, you know, listed out all my complaints. And the first thing he says to me is, are there like these buried deep, buried emotions that you're like refusing to look at, like in your life, are there emotions you've totally closed yourself off to exploring? I was like, who do you think you are? Like, I just want you to give me a supplement or a powder and like be on my way. (laughs) But that really started to make me think. And he explained traditional Chinese medicine, how, um, different symptoms in the body are connected to different emotional pains and Mm. really got me curious in exploring that. So I would say that was really the beginning of going deeper and deeper into health and nutrition as well, because I had read I don't know, um, some of just the mainstream health magazines, but I've since realized and picked up a lot of books that, that focus more on like quality of what you're eating and sourcing and things right. like that. 
And so at that point too, I really cleaned up my diet and slowly it took a lot of time, but that paired with addressing the emotional wounds that had never been looked at from childhood started to finally kind of, I pieced my health back together. And in that process, I realized that I had been so focused on like my body was the problem and my body had failed me and my body had betrayed me that I was almost like shooting myself in the foot because in order for me, for my body to heal, we needed to have this like trusting, um, co-creating of health relationship, me and my body. And I needed to be able to, I mean, when you have an eating disorder, a lot of the signals you get from your body, you, you learn to shut off and tune out of, and I really think a key to health is being able to receive like what your body's telling you and use that as like valuable feedback to know how to live and what to do. So as I like learned how to reconnect with that through more meditative practices, um, I got into yoga and, uh, tapping emotional freedom technique and just really focused on the mindfulness piece as well. I was able to kind of bring everything back in sync and realize that really the way forward for me was learning how to listen to my body and not continue to override what it was telling me. So in that process, I realized that a lot of these things that I kind of pieced together for my own healing journey, it would be really helpful if they would have been all in one place. And so that's when I created the podcast where I also bring guests on that talk about the topics that have been really critical for me to explore in order to heal. Um, and then share my own journey and my process and what I've learned. And then it's become coaching and writing and that's where we are today. That's awesome. So everything kind of in one place, uh, that sprung from your experience of going through, sounds like several kind of rock bottom experiences, right? You had the eating disorder, even as a child and then 18 and you sort of like, it sounds like you got some idea as far as what was happening to you when you were 18 and, and that there were things underneath the behavior. And then you said you were what, what, 24 when all kinds of things just came at you at the same time, it seems like. And uh, what, how did you get from that point to like, I'm always interested in like the first step, like you're, you're at that rock bottom. You said you got in a car accident, you weren't digesting food properly. You got fired from your job. Like what, how do you get to the next step? That's because that's a very hard place to be. And, and to turn that around, you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of momentum. So what's the first step? Yeah. The first step for me, I think once I lost my job too, I was like, I wanted to blame my body for all everything that was going wrong, but it really was like, no, this is, this is its way of letting me know that I am somewhere along the line. I am out of sync with like the way I was designed to function in relationships, even career. I mean, to be honest, I was not even, although I was devastated and like, you know, went through all that, that you, that comes with losing a job, the shame and all that. But I also like saw it coming because it was so out of alignment with who I was and so soul sucking. And I had been wanting to start my own business and a podcast. And it was really like what pushed me into now is your time. Like your health actually depends on you living in alignment with who you were meant to be and to start to speak like your truth and to live from your heart. Um, it also really looked like setting boundaries because so much of it, so much of it also had to do with it becoming a stepmom and trying to take care of everyone else. I really put my, my own health 
at the very, very bottom. And that also contributed to the collapse. So I think for me, a huge part has been learning how to and being okay with saying no and prioritizing your own health first and foremost. So whether that's appointments or, you know, I can't, I can't pick up my stepson from school today because I need to go to this appointment or I need to be able to do this and not feeling bad asking for help if I need it. Um, and having those hard conversations, like I know that I've, I've functioned in this way for our whole relationship so far, but it's no longer going to work for me. So we've got to figure out a new way. So I think some of it was just hard conversations, like with myself when it comes to like my career and where I'm going with my life. Um, but then also with the people around me, like I've, you know, I'm 24 and I remember that first year of marriage, I couldn't go to any, every holiday I was sick and in bed that like, we'd have family functions. And I'm like, this is no way to live in your 20, your twenties. Like this is supposed wow. to be the prime of yeah. life. So I think that was also really eye opening for the people around me because they had seen me as such as like high functioning person, um, to really realize like, oh, wow. Like she really does need to take a step back and prioritize her own health first. So. Sure. Sure. So how do you, how do you talk to women? You're sort of balancing a dichotomy here, right? Who are fighting with and trying to fix their bodies, as you say, in quotes, versus letting the lifestyle and the healing kind of flow naturally. How do you, how do you walk that tightrope? Because obviously too far either direction is going to, you're going to run into issues. So how do you stay right in the middle? Yeah, I think that's a, a good question because I definitely did utilize testing and got data and like, yes, there were actual imbalances in my body um, it, in many different ways. I had a parasite. So that was con contributing to my digestive dysfunction. I learned and thyroid problems. And so I think like you do want, I think it's helpful to get that, the information to know where you're starting from and where your body needs extra support. Cause otherwise, I mean, you know, you feel bad, but you don't even know where to start. So that was helpful for me in actually getting the tests and seeing where I was starting from, but then also acknowledging, like I said, in the traditional Chinese medicine perspective, that it's very much connected to emotional health. And so I could focus on, you know, take eating foods that help boost my thyroid. Um, but without addressing more of the, like, what is that? Like the thyroid gland represents speaking your truth. Like it, it's representative of how you are. Um, if you're willing to communicate what's inside or not, or if you're suppressing that. And I was in so many ways. So I think being able to hold the two and realize that like your body is, is letting you know that you're also not sharing from your heart space and you're not, for instance, with a thyroid. Um, so yes, like eat, you know, take the supplements and eat the foods. That's great. Get the data, but then also be willing to explore what's beneath that as well. Right. Right. And like you said, even after you kind of addressed some of the eating disorder symptoms, there were, there was that depression that you said you felt, you felt that depression and that anxiety. So I would imagine that that was maybe something you were trying to cope with through diet manipulation. And like you said, you were you didn't use these words, but, uh, I, I say it's like addicted to fitness, right? You were like addicted to health sort of, uh, maybe that's not necessarily a hundred percent accurate, but, um, it's sort of like you went overboard in a way. Is that kind of what happened? You were sort of trying to cover something up. Oh yeah. It was, it was totally an addiction. That's not an overstatement. Whatsoever. <laughs> okay. So absolutely. Yeah. 
And now I would say it's moved into an obsession for like getting to know my body and like listening to it on a daily basis, which means if I wake up one morning and I'm super tired and it's leg day and I just really don't feel that that's what my body needs, I'm not going to just do it. You know, it's like, I'm going to shift and listen because I don't know at this point, it's like, I just know I can't get there again. Like years and years of ignoring my body, like led to just, yeah, so much pain and turmoil. So I just don't want to go back. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that's a great, it's a great balance. And it's also, you need to be confident and confident enough in your own ability to speak with your body. Right. Because, you know, we've seen so much out, out there that says that, you know, if you skip your workouts, you're weak, you're lazy, whatever, whatever the labels are. Right. But you know, your body enough to say, no, I'm not weak. I'm not lazy. Uh, my body's telling me like, Hey, you need to stop. You need to take a break. Your legs are not ready to do this today. So uh, I want to move on real quick to your, your routines that you, uh, you know, it might be different every day, but what are some routines that have really helped you to, uh, to get a grasp of your health? Yeah. Routines are so key because what I also failed to mention was uh, throughout that whole period, I had insomnia, just crazy insomnia, which probably contributed to the anxiety and depression when I wasn't sleeping. And so, and I also, I actually did try some psychiatric meds for that, but it made everything worse. And so, but without adjusting the really easy fixes, like not being on my screen, you know, while I'm falling asleep and that sort of thing. So I just didn't have the education around that. So that was really cool to learn about some of these super easy life hacks to help me sleep. So I've I don't have insomnia anymore, which is so amazing. But so yeah, to set myself up for success, I usually get up. I'm a very early riser at like five and drink like 16 ounces right away of warm water with some electrolytes, um, in there. And then do like a 15 minute yoga meditation practice and then get outside right now. It's already light outside by that point. Um, so I go outside for a short, like 30 minute walk. And that's like my favorite favorite first thing to do in the morning. Cause all the little animals are out <laughs> that early in the morning. Um, and then I come back and make breakfast and then get my stepson ready for school, get him off to school, come back. And then that's when I start in with my work day. Um, I try to prioritize creativity. I'm really working on that above like anything else first, because that's when I'm most fresh. So I'll just set a timer and write at, at least for an hour usually that's enough to get me going. And then I do another hour, but I'll just like make myself at least sit down and write for an hour. Um, and then I will take, I love to take movement breaks throughout the day. I used to work out like for an hour at one time and that was really hard on my body. And Mm -hmm. I much prefer now this idea of like movement snacks. And so before lunch, I'll do another like quick walk, a short walk, or, um, do some weightlifting for like 10 minutes sort of thing. And then I eat lunch, come back, get a little more work done. And then I'm off to get my stepson um, home from school and we'll get back and I'll finish up any projects that I was working on. And then I start making dinner and kind of start to close down the day. And at that point, I really turn off screens for the last several, last like two to three hours. I am going to be reading, cooking, engaging with my family, um, that sort of thing. And totally off media and screens. So, and then I also utilize red light 
are blue blocking glasses. So their, their lenses are red, but those have been super right. helpful for me too, because my family loves to turn all the bright lights on. Like they're not quite there yet. And so, um, that's, that's helpful for me. It's less stressful that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have no blue light, but my family's turning all of the lights. So the glasses right, are a lifesaver. Right. <laughs> um, and then I might read a little bit before bed and yeah, that's pretty much, we go to bed pretty early since I get up early and I usually sleep pretty well. So that's how Great. it looks. Sounds like some really good, positive, uh, healthy routines. Erica, to, to close out the show, I want to give you a chance to give a motivational speech to, uh, let's say like a college graduation or maybe a business environment uh, about how you think they can get the most out of their lives. So you're the motivational speaker, how to get the most out of your life. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep it simple. What I wish I would have been told is that follow, follow the desires and the dreams in your heart first. Don't wait until after you've already done the nine to five and you've already done the right thing, according to parents, family, whatever, start with it. I think that I just don't even, I don't even know where I would be had I started right out of the gate. I think it saves you from health crisis. It saves you from relationship crisis. Um, when you start following your dreams, just right out of the gate and go with it. That's awesome. Follow your dreams. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Erica, how do we get in touch with you? Website, social media? Yeah. So you can find me. I'm on Instagram most often at worth wellness by Erica. And then my website is worthwellness.org. And my podcast is also the worth wellness podcast. And that's all over anywhere podcasts um, are heard. So those are the best places. Perfect. Sounds great. Well, again, I'm Chris Jenke for Health in the Real World. This is Erica Worth. Erica, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Mm, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.
balance.com to learn more.